Hello, this is Trinidad Hubbard, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission, to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. Well, if you like, really like, or love Royals baseball, you are in the right place here on Clubhouse Conversation, where we break down each Royals game post-game style on the dish. And weekly, year-round, we catch up with your favorite current and former Royals players with in-depth chats. And today, it is Trinidad Hubbard, who's quite the character. One of my favorite guys in pro baseball that I've had the pleasure of speaking with is Trinidad Hubbard, a guy who just loves the game of baseball. And you can see that considering he played 19 years professionally. That's right. Trinidad Hubbard played until he was 41 years old, 19 years, and logged time with nine different teams in the big leagues. There was the Rockies, the Giants, the Indians, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Orioles, the Royals, the Padres, and the Cubs. Nine different teams for Trinidad Hubbard, who was here in KC during the 2001 season. Probably his best years were with the Dodgers from 98 to 99, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about so much more. We'll just have fun and we'll laugh as Trinidad Hubbard joins us on Clubhouse Conversation from his home in Texas. First of all, thanks so much for the time, and second of all, how's everything going with you? Excellent. Excellent. It's it's been a good year so far, so I'm happy. Yeah, update me. What are you doing these days? (laughs) Well, I'm doing a few business things and uh, consulting and have my own sports apparel line that I'm launching, so everything looks wonderful. Oh, tell us about the sports apparel line. Well, you know, uh, after you play nine years in the minor leagues and then finally get the chance to, to uh, get to the big leagues, you must have had the game face on. That's the name of my apparel line, game face, and our slogan is put it on. And... Um, I have some wonderful partners, a former executive with Nike, a a former executive with uh, Russell and Kamara Simmons as my designer. Uh, So Game Face is about attitude wear, you know, and our slogan is you need it to compete, you got to have it to win. Game Face, put it on. I can't wait. You you already sold me, man. Where can I buy it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, our website is being developed right now, so give me a little time, Dave. You'll, uh, you'll see game face around uh, pretty much everywhere. We actually met with Major League Baseball Players Association in Las Vegas uh, last week or so, and and we are we are looking to have a license uh, with MLBPA, and, and and that's exactly where we wanted to launch. And uh, things are looking really well. Thank you. Very nice. Looking forward. To, congratulations on that, man. Getting that off the ground. I'm sure that's a lot of work. It is. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but it's fun. You know. Uh, it's, it's, it's uh, just as it's difficult, but so was making it to the major league. So uh, I'm uh, used to fighting for what, what I believe in. Absolutely. Well, are you still doing uh, things, too, with all pro sports and entertainment anymore? I am not. I am not. A good group of guys over there, but uh, I'm not with them. Uh, we were contemplating um, a partnership, and we met on several occasions, and uh, what great people out there. Uh, it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. So I just consult with a few other agencies. Um, some people think I know a lot of people that can help them, and 
and I, I, I like I like consulting. I, I always want to help um, people in their businesses. I, I believe that life is not about what you can do; it's about what you can do for others. And if you can help them, you know, you you uh, you 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 you, uh, you justify your existence, and that's what I try to do. Absolutely. Good outlook there. So I know you weren't uh, obviously with the Royals real long, but I'm assuming it had to have been at least a little exciting for you, right, to see him doing so well last year in the postseason? It's been awesome. Tell you what, uh, there's only one team that I follow on Twitter, and that's the Royals. <laughs> don't, don't ask me why, but I get all these Twitter feeds and all these. But, you know, I, I like I like their energy. I, I'm a big uh, Rusty Coots fan, okay? So he was my coach. Some time ago, when I first got started, right, and uh, when you got Rusty Coons on your team, you got you, you you know that you have a quality program. That's all I got to say about that. And, and but now they have great young talent. You know they have they have as a blue collar team. I'm a blue, I like I like the 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 uh, nose to the grindstone, get dirty ballers. They have a team full of those guys. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned Rusty. I mean, obviously a great base running and outfield coach. I'm assuming you learned quite a bit from him being an outfielder, right? I did. I did. You know, in fact, you know, he prepared me to get to the major leagues. Uh, but but more than just the, the technical side of the game, um, no, he's one of the, the, the good guys in baseball. I mean, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's a, a lot of good guys in baseball, but, but some of them are hard to identify. He's not. He's one of those good guys of baseball and uh he makes you feel good even just to come to the ballpark uh you can see it all over his face but he he also taught me how to uh work hard right i mean technically you know technique base stealing outfield play yeah he taught me some of those wonderful attributes but you know working hard you know goes a long way whatever you do and um, i appreciate him passing that that little legacy on to me yeah always a smile on his face that's for sure um, so, right. so let's go way back then, man. Let's go back in the day. Let's learn about you from childhood on up. So you grew up in Chicago. You went to South Shore High School there. So I'm assuming, were you, were you a Cubs or a Sox fan growing up? Well, I get that question a lot, you know. Um, but in Chicago, I lived on the south side, right? I lived in South Shore, the South Shore neighborhood, right? And um, But, but the, the Cubs are on the north side. It's so far, but... So far from us, but I was a big Cubs fan because uh, because of WGN. I mean, I would watch, you know, Jose Cardinal, uh, Jared Morales, uh, Leon Durham. I mean, I can I can name all the Cubs. I mean, even Billy Williams and those guys. He, he's a little really early, but I was a little guy that really liked baseball, television, and uh, so I was a Cubs fan. Even though Comiskey Park was really close to where I lived. I would I would zoom right past it on the on the uh, L on the train, and I keep going. I'll pass Comiskey and keep going to to uh, to Wrigley, and uh, I loved it. So I was always a Cubs fan. Wow, that's that's kind of surprising, isn't that kind of a sin in South Side of Chicago? It may be, but but <laughs> but but uh, at my at my high school and at my grammar school, we call it grammar school or elementary school. You, you know, I went to school every day. Every day, I mean, not because I was a great student. I was a good student, but you get perfect attendance, you get free tickets to the Cubs game. <laughs> and I was, I was not going to miss those tickets. <laughs> I love it. So, where did your love for the, you know, for the game of baseball come from growing up? I mean, did you have, uh, you know, relatives that were big into it? Influential coaches? Well, you know, where did that come from? I don't know. I think since I was uh, eight years old when I started playing, it just seemed like I was 
I was naturally better than everyone else. So I just played it, and, and then I realized my father played, like, baseball and softball, and he was really good. We would go see him play, and he would make these diving catches. It was pretty, like, he was like a little show-off. And then my big brother was a great third baseman. Just in the neighborhood, and uh, one of his coaches became my little league coach, and um, John Sharp. He's no longer with us, but he uh, taught me how to work hard as well, and uh, somehow I just gravitated towards uh, being excellent at it, and I wanted to play it every day, and I used to hate rainouts. You know, Chicago, you you know, you either, you, hopefully you don't get snowed out, even though it happened to me on my birthday one year. My birthday's <laughs> May 11th, and we had snowed out, but... but <laughs> I'll never forget that. But uh, but we hate rainouts, and we hate when the umpires don't show up. We got a lot of that. But uh, <laughs> and, and for a guy who loved the game, for a guy who loved the game, it's heartbreaking, right? So, uh, and and I think as a consequence, I love the game even even more because I missed it. Yeah, totally. I'd love to hear that, too. And then you end up going to a real prestigious university then. So it's Southern, which is now called Southern University and A&M College. So you were there from 84 to 86. How'd you end up down in Louisiana? And then what are your favorite memories of college? That's a great question, Dave. Uh, actually, you know, um, I, I'm, you know, uh, my neighbor, my next door neighbor in Chicago, uh, his son played baseball on the high school team uh, with with. So he, you know, he would come see his son play, but his son didn't play that much. He was a good guy, but you know, uh, I, I guess I stood out in high school. And my neighbor was good friends with the head coach at Southern. He said, "You got to see this kid Trinidad Hubbard. Uh, I think you like him as, as your catcher because you know I was a catcher at the time, and um, I got a full scholarship without even being seen based on that rec- recommendation. Uh, so, so I got the scholarship to go to play at Southern University, but I said, under one condition, I have a twin brother. We both need to come. He said, okay, so we both got scholarships, and uh, that probably wouldn't happen today because of the reduction in scholarships, but it happened then, and uh, that was awesome. So uh, uh, that was a great time that I went down to Southern and played in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, coming out of Chicago. somewhat of a culture shock because in August we played ball games, and we used to play them on these, these cow pastures, they would clear it out and put a little hay fence of the home run. The fence was if you hit it over the hay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but it was great. But then we would play some nice universities like Louisiana Lafayette, which was called uh, U- U- uh, um, USL at that time. We would play LSU, and um, I would do well against those guys. Uh, uh, Tulane University. Um, and I was in the fall, so, so all games were permitted at that time. And, uh, and obviously in the spring, it was great just to travel throughout, you know, the South and uh, play 10 months out of the year when, when you come from a place called, like Chicago, when you you might have eight weeks of summer. So, <laughs> wow. It was quite different. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm imagining the hay fence right now. When did you move to outfield then? I went to the outfield um, in my first year with the Colorado Rockies. Oh, so it was a while, a while after that then. It was a while after that. You know, we had an injury in the outfield in Colorado Springs, and and, and um, that was in that was in '93. Oh, so, so that was way after that. Okay. It was way after that. I was a second baseman. I moved around when I left Southern University. Before I, I you know, I, I came in as a catcher, but I, I moved because of a profile uh, to third base. They thought I'd have a better chance because I could steal bases. And then finally, my manager, the head coach at Southern, moved me, Roger Cato, moved me to second base and said, you know, you're a good third baseman, but you're a stronger second baseman when it comes to the MLB draft. And he was right. And I was drafted in the 12th round. 
you know, after I moved to second base, uh, I just looked better as a second baseman than I did as a third baseman or catcher when it came to, you know, uh, uh, you know, scouts seeing me in that position. They didn't see me as a catcher. They didn't see me as a third baseman, but they could clearly see me as a second baseman. So I was drafted by the Astros as a second baseman. But, you know, became very versatile uh, with the Astros thanks to uh, that wonderful staff over there. And Bob Watson, those guys, uh, got me some experience everywhere. You know, they've, they made me uh, very uh, familiar with a lot of different positions, and um, including the outfield. But when I went to the Rockies, I, I became an outfielder because of an injury of uh, one of our outfielders. And they, they said, they asked who could play the outfield, so I raised my hand pretty high. Yeah, yeah. I Man, I forget. <laughs> I, I guess I knew at one time you played a little infield, but I almost forgot about that. Man, I'm glad you brought that back up. Um, so no, I was I was drafted as a second baseman. That's cool, by the way, that you had a college coach like that that would look out for you like that and you know put you at second so you'd be showcased better. That was that's kind of neat. Um, that's right. So 12th round of the '86 draft. You know, what do you remember about draft day itself? How'd you get the news? And and was that about where you thought you would go there? No, I, I thought I was going to go in the first round, uh, <laughs> and then and then I thought I was going to go in the second round, but I sort of went in both the first and second round because you put one and two together, you get 12. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I tell people all the time, I'm the only guy to win the first and second round. No, I, uh, I had no preconceived notions, Dave. Um, you know, but I, you know, every player thinks they're better than, than what the scouting industry sees them. So I, you know, I thought I was going to go higher, but uh, it didn't matter when I went because I knew I was going to make it to the major leagues. I just needed a uniform. That's all, and uh, and once that happened, I was on my way. I, I mean, that, that's ex- that's exactly how I believed it to be. I knew it was going to be hard work, but you know, it's, I, if you call hard work, you know, I think hard work is putting you know shingles on a roof in 110 degrees in Arizona. Hard work playing baseball, and you know, you can call it hard work all you want to. It, it, it was a pleasure every day I played in minor leagues and the major leagues. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world. Well, you began that pro career at Auburn. You'd spend seven years total with the Astros from 86 to 92. You hit over 300 twice, stole over 30 bases five different times. So, I mean, when you look back to your days with the Astros organization, what do you remember the most? Yeah, I, I, I found it difficult uh, to rise in that organization. I, you know, um, I thought I did pretty uh, – well, especially my first year in Auburn. I mean, as a coordinator, I was a coordinator from – 2006 to 2013 with the Rockies. So I would go see these players, and I would never witness numbers like that, you know, with with, with players now. Like, I, I said, I think I think I did pretty good. I hit 310 my first year. I stole 35 bases and 37 attempts. And it seems like it was just, you know, like this another day, another year at the ballpark, according to the Astros. <laughs> so I don't know. I, 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 but I, for me, it wasn't special either. I just thought I just had to play out play the best I could play. But I didn't know what was good at the time as a player. I just, you know, uh, I just did the best I could every time. And I, I tried to do that. But, you know, but they, they were good uh, good to me in terms of allowing me to be versatile because that versatility came into play a lot of times in the major leagues. You know, I, you know, I played second base with the Padres. Some games I played third base with the Padres. I played, I caught with the Dodgers, you know. so And that's all because of what the Astros allowed me to do to to, to learn those positions. So. And the first seven years was, was really uh, instrumental in my development. Um, you know, it, 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 it would have been nice to uh, have gone to the major leagues with the Astros, but uh, I learned from, 
from 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 Cal Ripken. He said, "Talent will travel, even though he never traveled." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a cool quote, actually. Uh, so you right. go you go to the Rockies before 1993, then for the expansion Rockies. Now you triple A there, 314. You have an 841 OPS. You swipe 33 bags again that year, and it'd be one more year. So you'd make the majors in '94. But thinking back to that '93 season, I mean, were you pretty frustrated? You didn't get a call up that year. Yeah, well, you know, um, I knew it was going to be tough because of the expansion process because I signed before the expansion draft. So I was in the original Rocky, right? So, you know, I think I signed before the expansion draft. And um, was it, you know, I, 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 my thoughts were your opportunity is going to come. Just, you know, be patient because I knew I was doing everything right in, at the AAA level. And, um, and now... You know, I became more determined than ever just to keep putting up good numbers, um, having a strong focus and being determined. So uh, the the uh, determination is what drove me. Um, I was never discouraged. Um, in fact, every time there was there was a perceived a setback or a letdown on the other side, it just fueled me. I wasn't I wasn't discouraged at all. That's good. I mean, it didn't look like it because 94, uh, Colorado Springs, you OPSed 979, 363. I love the on-base percentage of 416. Then you had 28 bags in 79 games. So before we talk about your call-up to the big leagues, I mean, how much fun was that, Just you know, that summer there in Colorado Springs for those three months? That was awesome. You know, um, I think at that point, maybe the year before, you know, or maybe the year before that, I might have figured it out a little bit in terms of um, – that game, I was. I think I was ready. Uh, maybe my last year in Tucson. I think I was ready. I think I was ready for the big leagues, and uh, it just it just took some time. Um, yeah, you had to find someone who believed in you. And fortunately, you know, uh, the Rockies did in '94. Uh, but I got that call up. We left Tacoma. Uh, I think July 3rd. Uh, yeah, we we came. We had a day off in July 4th. I think we had a workout, and they said you could. You know, Brad Mills said you're going up to the big leagues. What an Independence Day or that time of the year was great for me. And uh, um, it was in my ninth minor league season. So um, emotionally, you know, uh, I'm about to cry right now just thinking about it. No, I'm not. I'm just playing. But it was a wonderful day. And um, But I was hitting pretty, I, you know, I was, I was hitting for a high average. And, and I had other guys ask me, were you really, were you really surprised? at this call-up, and I, I jokingly say, no, I was just wondering what took them so long. What did they want me to hit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You're getting on base over 400 there. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was, it, was, it was a great time for me and my family, but it was, it was just finally my dream coming true. Yeah, well, so, awesome. so your major league debut is July seventh of uh, nineteen ninety four. Uh, now, what about before we talk about that? Then, so you you talked about when you first got drafted, you had no doubts you were going to make it to the major league someday. Now, how about those nine years? Honestly, was there ever a little doubt? Like, oh man, I might not get a chance. Like year five, six, seven, was there ever some doubt creeping into your head or not? Never, never, never any doubt. Uh, you know, uh, you alluded to it, to it earlier. I mean, my league, I think I hit three hundred over. You know? I, I was proving that I could play, and I, I, all I was telling myself is just hang in there. You're going to get your break. You just have to outplay the first round picks and the second round picks. You, you just got to you have to make your presence felt. And uh, even though a few years I didn't hit for high averages, I was still able to steal some bases and play uh, solid defense and show show that I was growing. You know, uh, sometimes hitting is the last thing that comes because you just get knowledgeable. 
Um, so I didn't have high highs, even though my first year I, I did pretty well. And then slowly I began to to, to uh, put up solid years back-to-back. Um, but there was never a doubt in my mind because I was always focused on, on, on the victory. Now, you know, I, I couldn't let doubt seep into my mind because I think that would affect your work ethic. You know, I wouldn't go to the batting cage at one thirty or 1 o'clock. I wouldn't get out there early and get my splints. You know, before everyone got there, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I would always do that. Uh, I would, I would, you know, the hard work was on me, not on the team. If I wanted to get there, usually a team doesn't get promoted; a player does. So I had to, I had to make sure I got my work in. I think doubt, doubt, doubt would have uh, affected that. So I, I just never, never doubted, never doubted what God gave me. Never did. So it's July 15th of 1994 when you get your first big league hit. It's against the Cardinals, and I've got the answer right in front of me. I'm assuming you remember who that pitcher was, right? Rich Rodriguez. You got it. They always know. <laughs> but I mean, So you get that out of the way. That's exciting. But then, So 94 had to be kind of frustrating, I'm assuming. So you have the strike. It ends early. You've worked your tail off to get there. and, and you know. But then 95 would be all good for you and the Rockies on many different fronts. Uh, postseason, you guys made that. You were on the postseason roster. You had a couple of ABs in the postseason. I mean, that 95 NLDS, how much you know, fun was that? That was great, you know. But, you know, it's sort of heartbreaking because we had a chance to sweep the Braves. We had the lead in the first three games, uh, every game late. And um, I still remember Chipper Jones making a play. <laughs> I can't believe he robbed Andres Galarraga on a bullet down the third base line. Uh, like, you know, I can see it like it was yesterday, but uh, I think that hit would have really, really opened it up for us. And, uh, it, in fact, it, it was the one that sealed our fate. Um but we went we went to Atlanta, won one game, but the Braves were just too much for us, and uh, it was exciting. Uh, you know, the Rockies in '95, you know, there were still we were still a new organization, so we didn't quite know how to, you know, uh, celebrate with the fanfare and all that good stuff. The fans loved it, but you know, uh, I, I thought that you know the the wild card was great. We got I have a wild card watch to this very day, which is I don't know if any many teams get wild card watches. <laughs> but uh, I think the Rockies tried to do something very special, um, and uh, uh, the experience was magical—not just for the Rockies, but for the fans. Uh, we're the best fans, we're the best fans, and, and uh, 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 to this very day, uh, you, you're going to be hard pressed to find uh, more dedicated fans. They're amazing. That you guys were the first wild card winners too, right? In the National League, wasn't that the first year? That's right. Yeah. There you go. That yeah. was the very first year of the wild card. Hmm? And when I think back to the Rockies, I think of uh, you know David Need on the front cover of the Beckett baseball card. You know, remember that guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember David. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's a good memory you have there. Yeah. You, know, you must be a true baseball fan. Yeah, I'm a, I was heartbroken. Uh, what was the kid's name? Uh, the kid that died of an asthma attack, Doug something or other. Wasn't he Rockies too? Or Doug Million. Yeah, that was Doug sad. Million? Yeah, I believe that was his name. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I wasn't there at that time. I don't think I was there. I'm trying to remember. Maybe that was after you that. Know, it might have been, but, you know, I mean, I played baseball. I dove into a lot of walls. I played 15 <laughs> seasons of winter ball. You know, you know, you know, I got concussions, uh, so, I, you know, I hope this interview doesn't go astray, but yeah. <laughs> I think that's his name. Well, it's too bad you didn't uh, play the outfield uh, in college and get some hay belt. You're diving into the hay out there in the outfield. It would have been a little more give there. <laughs> On the hay, a little more give that's than right. the outfield fence. 
so right. 1996, you're up and down with the Rockies and then selected off waivers by the Giants. It's August 21st of 96. You got in 10 games there, and then you signed with Cleveland for 97. So, I mean, you you know, real cup of coffee with the Giants. Anything stick out about that? Oh, yeah, man. That was, that, that, that was an instrumental part of my career. Really? Uh, yeah, and I'll tell you why. Um, but, you know, I got traded to the uh, the Giants, which was out of the minor league, because, you know, uh, that was that was the general manager of the Rockies. Uh, I made that request because it seems like uh, we just had a difference of opinion. Um, and, and I respect the front office a lot, but, but uh, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. But but he, you know, we just had to. I, I just thought I had to go somewhere else at that point, um, you know. And and to go to the Giants was was amazing. But but uh, I broke my hand in New York against the Mets uh, when I, when we played when I played with the Giants, and that's the reason why I only got in those a limited number of games because in September I was injured. I had a handmade bone injury. But before that. I had the pleasure of, you know, being in the batting cage every day at Candlestick Park with Barry Bonds and, and Bobby Bonds. So, what, you know, when I'm getting instruction from those guys on how to hit and what to think about and how to leverage your backside and top hand extension, and these are all things that, are, that, that made me a better player. So, you know, after that, I had two good years with L.A. and only because of where I was before. And even, even in Cleveland, I, you know, Cleveland – it was a bad experience in the big leagues. I got called up five times from Buffalo, but Buffalo had a great year because of the fact that I was previously that year I was with Barry and Bobby Bonds, just learning how to be a better hitter, uh, what was important, you know, the absolutes of hitting, things like that. So just to be in the cage with Barry Bonds, I mean, it's humbling for me, you know, uh, the best player, uh, you know, on the planet. I mean, Barry, Barry can probably come back right now and hit, and hit about 25 bombs yeah. you know so yeah what an amazing player what an amazing time for me now you mentioned uh 1997 so you mentioned cleveland cleveland and buffalo you were up and down like you said five times what, what was that year like then oh i guess turbulent would be you know a good a good description yeah. of that dave uh yeah you know uh, I, I played really well in buffalo um you know, they even missed one homer. Uh, you know, we had it on video, Dave, and I'm not trying to, <laughs> trying to. I'm not campaigning for that. Hey, I'm not trying to campaign for that 17th homer. But as a leadoff guy, that's not too bad. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. I, I was doing my impression of Ricky Henderson quite often. I'm joking. I love that. I love that. <laughs> but you know, so so you know, and uh, you know, I stole a few bases there in Buffalo. You know, it's tough to play in, in 30 degree weather sometimes, but. But for me, I was I was I was groomed for it since since I came from Chicago. So cold weather never bothered me to play in. Um, but but uh, up and down five times. Uh, uh, the team that went to the World Series. I'm still looking for my ring, and I'm still looking for my jersey. That's the only team that I don't have my jersey. I'm heartbroken by that. But uh, maybe uh, maybe if this get to this interview gets to the right person i might get a jersey in the mail or something number 32 by the way that's the only team that you never got a jersey from really yeah i played for nine teams i have eight jerseys Wow. Well, yeah, we'll we'll have to campaign for that. By the way, one other question I just randomly thought of. I think that when I was a kid, I had some of your minor league cards, baseball cards, didn't you? So was it was it Trent Hubbard Legally? Did you change your name to Trinidad or was Trent is Trinidad a nickname or how does that work? Yeah, Trent 
Trent, Trent was a nickname. Trent was my full name. I used to go by Trent because it was easier and shorter. Okay. Okay. And, and I decided when I was at the Rockies to go with my full name. That's all. Okay, okay. So, following 1997, you mentioned it, the Dodgers, a couple of big years with them. You'd spend almost the entire 98 and 99 seasons at the big league level. So, you had a combined 304 with the Dodgers those two years. One year, 298 with seven home runs in 98. Then you hit 314 in 99. I mean, how much fun was it for you getting fairly regular playing time at the big league level? You know, it was great. It was great, especially in 98, because um, that last day against Milwaukee, uh, I I, uh, I wanted to hit 300, you know, because I had a full year in the big leagues, and I and I just felt like it. So the last day, I just needed to go one for three, and uh, the problem was my back was spasming that day. I'll never forget it. And I went over my first two, and I told Larry Lasky to train. I said, "Look, let me give it one more shot." And now, as I was speaking to him, my back was spasming in the dugout. He's, you know, I, I was I was agonizing, but I said I got to hit 300. So I got in there and hit a laser base hit. A double, I'm sorry, to, to left center field, tied the game up in the sixth inning. Um, so I was hoping to get taken out of the game, but he never took me out. <laughs> <laughs> so as the, as my back comes back around in the eighth inning, uh, and they finally they took too long to put my, my batting average up on the scoreboard in Dodger Stadium. And, and I, But I did the math, believe it or not, last day of the season, Dave, last day. And, I, and if I was in at 300, if they would put it up while I was in the dugout, I'd have, have, have pulled myself out because <laughs> I had to be a little selfish at that point. But they played my walk-up music, and they never put my, my average up there until I got in the batter's box. And they said 300 on the dot. But I couldn't get out now because I was in the batter's box. <laughs> so I had to <laughs> I had to take the bat. So I got the ball three, three and all. And then the guy throws a strike, Milwaukee pitcher. So three and one. And then I said to myself, step out the box, and maybe 299 point something. I'm going to make it decisive. So I hit the hardest line drive that ever created. It would have hit the left field wall, except the left field was right in front of it. <laughs> and that was my last at bat of the season. I ended up in 298. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I should have took a three. I never take a 3 1 pitch. I worked too hard to get to that count. I get I get to have my best swing. And I, and I thought I had, I had four good swings that day, hit four hard line drives, and uh, only one made it through. So. That's the life of the big leagues. But uh, that was fun. Those two years were great. I just, you know, I wish the 98, 99, I wish the 99 that, that the Dodgers didn't trade for Trey Piazza to the Marlins for Gary Sheffield, Jim Eisenreich, and Devon White. That's three outfielders that really affected my playing time. So that hurt me. Yeah, well, so 2000 would be a bit of a whirlwind for you. So you begin the year in Atlanta, you play 61 games with the Braves, then they trade you at the deadline to Baltimore, where you finished off 2000. So kind of talk about both of those two teams and what that 2000 season was like for you. Well, I'll tell you what, the Braves might have been my favorite place to play. I have to say that because uh, Bobby Cox. Um, Bobby Cox, you know, I saw him in the clubhouse, uh, and, and that's 2000. But the year before, I was with the Dodgers, and it um, sounds like um, they wanted me over there. And uh, so I signed with them as a free agent. And when I got to the stadium after spring training, I was just really, really uh, overwhelmed with emotion because, you know, the organization had a really, really wonderful uh, uh, history. I mean, I'm in, the, I'm in the clubhouse with, you know, some of the best pitchers in the game, and and, and not to mention position players like Andrew Jones and Chipper Jones and Andres Galarraga. And it's me, Trinidad Hubbard. So 
I thank Bobby Cox for coming to get me out of L.A., which, you know, I just thank you for being interested. He said, no, Trinidad, you make us a better team. And uh, I'll never forget that. But he treated everyone like they were a star. They were, you know, in terms of that. You didn't get the you didn't get the playing time like you're a star, but you know you 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 felt like your your presence was important. So I loved playing there. Unfortunately, uh, at the trade deadline, I was hiding in the clubhouse. I was hoping that July 31st would go by without anything happening. <laughs> so uh, even though I was hidden, I hid in the back of the training room. It didn't work. They traded me to Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> they traded me for B.J. Serhoff, and um, um, you, you can't hide from a trade. You know, so uh, and then I went on to Baltimore, where, you know, uh, again to, to to be in the clubhouse with Cal Ripken and Albert Bell, was, it was great. It was great, um, even though um, the playing time was limited. You know, I think sometimes, you know, the experience, you know, is invaluable. Um, I, I just, you know, I was a kid at heart, so I just loved being. In, I just loved being in a big league uniform. Loved being in a big league clubhouse, and um, love uh, giving it my all, no matter where I was. You know, so uh, Baltimore. You know, it was it was it was uh, uh, just just a place where where I could really really uh, pick up some more wonderful work habits that I that I that I witnessed from Cal Cal Ripken. You know, he will not be outworked, and um, when you see a star like him working extremely hard, you know that that uh, uh, you have no excuse for not working hard. So it was great. That was great. Now, 2001 is the year that I'm most excited to talk about. So you uh, you go to spring training with Toronto. You get released March 17th. And a week later, the Royals sign you. So it's March 23rd to 2001. You played the month of April in Omaha and then get called up to KC. So before we talk about Kansas City, let's talk about Omaha. What do you remember most about playing there? Uh, uh, playing catch with, with uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Buck O'Neill. That's what I remember. Oh, no way. That's a cool story. Well, yeah, I played catch with Buck O'Neill. He was down there and had his glove, and uh, that was great. You know, that that that, that stands out to me. Um, and you know, and uh, I recall seeing Warren Buffett around there from time to time too. So it was, it was great. But I love, I love, I love the atmosphere. That is a baseball. That's a baseball mecca, in my opinion. To play for the Golden Spikes, I mean, you know, I had a good time there. Um, I, I can't recall how how I did, but. I just, I just, I, you know, I, I, you know, when you love the game, you know, it's sometimes hard to find, you know, uh, bad experiences. And, and, and playing in Omaha was great. You know, uh, um, it was an antiquated stadium. That's what I remember. You know, uh, it was really close quarters in the clubhouse. But when you got on the field, it was, it was, uh, you, you see why they brought the College World Series there. It was just a, a magical place to play, and um, I loved it. Well, so do you remember anything about the call up to Kansas City? Do you remember why they, you know, why they called you up or when they told you or any, any details about that at all? I cannot. I cannot. Um, I just remember going to that beautiful stadium and it, it, you know, and that is my favorite stadium out of all the stadiums right now to this very day. The K Kaufman Stadium is my favorite stadium in Major League Baseball. Really? Um, yeah, and I played. I played in. I played. I played in, in Cleveland and Jacobsville. I played in Coorsville. You know, I played in Boston, you know, but, but, but the K is a very special place. I mean, if you ever wanted to feel like you were, you know, at a ballpark, whether you're a fan or at a player, uh, and, 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 and it just pierces your heart just to, 
full experience of, of Major League Baseball right there. I'm surprised you would say that and not Fenway or so, you know, or most guys. It's just what is it about it? Well, the beauty. I mean, who who see water? Who, who, the waterfalls. When you walk in, it's so majestic. You get you get a little bit of more than just baseball there. Yeah. You 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 you're sort of happy just to be in that place now because it gives you so much more than just baseball. You just if you're in a bad mood, you will instantly change. Uh, you might even take a foul ball off the chest as a fan, but just look at that waterfall. You'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you did you get a chance to try some barbecue while you were here too? Yeah, you know I can't recall um, where it was, but you know I always try to discover what makes a city famous, and I think we had some good barbecue there. You know, um, I don't know if we got out of you know uh, is that Overland Park. I didn't think we get out of there too much. Yeah. You know, but um, I love that area. You know, it's kind of kind of tough to leave such a wonderful area. So so. Uh, you know, but I did. We did get out there from time to time and find some some really nice, famous places to eat. And I can't recall the names, but I remember the flavor. It was it was fantastic. So you got in five games while you were with, with the Royals here, uh, two starts. Now, one of these games, I'm wondering if this is too obscure of a player or if you'll remember it. So it's May 6th at Kauffman Stadium against the Twins. Brad Radke is on the hill. So Ray Sanchez gets you home on a sack fly after you triple. Do you, I mean, do you remember that or is that just way too obscure of a question? I do remember hitting Racky, um, but I thought it was in Baltimore. <laughs> oh well, maybe it was. Who knows? <laughs> the, the, the stats could be wrong. You know. Well, no, and I hit Brad Racky because it was two strikes and uh, hit him off the top of the wall. And Tory Hunter tried to throw him out of third, but yeah, I remember that. Um, so no, I remember facing him. He was never uh, much fun to face, but uh, uh, you know, I was I was proud of that moment because you know I hadn't had much playing time. But but if, if that's a fact. I think I got Racky a couple times. <laughs> yeah, see, so that was that probably was right then. Uh, That's right. That's so right. Did you ha- did you have any favorite Royals teammates? When, I mean, either between Omaha and Kansas City. I really liked AJ Hinch. You know, I, I liked him. I like AJ Hinch, and I'm not I'm not campaigning for a job in Houston, <laughs> but I, I like I, <laughs> I thought he was a class act. Um, D Brown was a really really uh, uh, fun player to watch. You know, when he got in there, um, um, obviously Swinney, you know, he, he set the standard pretty high uh, over there. And uh, what, a, what a wonderful, wonderful – I can't run out of good adjectives to describe him. You know, um, really, really uh, 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 wonderful people there. I, th- I think, again, I think the blue-collar element was there uh, back then. You, you just appreciated hard-working players. And uh, I, I never had the – I never had the um, – the uh, um, the tolerance of of a, of a of a guy who didn't work hard in baseball, especially been in I've been in minor league for nine years. I, I always appreciated hard work and play. And every one of those guys in Kansas City um, uh, worked hard. They they wanted to uh, they they weren't there just for the money. They wanted to win, and 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 they wanted to compete. And it's not always about winning for me. It's about competing. And uh, um, you can't predict winning, and, and you surely don't want to predict, predict losing. But what you can definitely do is leave it on the field every day, and I believe that's what that's what they're doing now, and that's what we did then. Now, am I the only person that remembers you a Royal? Am I the only person that's ever interviewed you about the Royals in the history? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you are, <laughs> and, I, and I appreciate it. <laughs> Dude, you'll always, you'll always be a Royal with me. So there, if you go in the hall someday, I, I want the Royals jersey donned, since you have that one. Well, I'm going in the, well, I'm going in the Hall of Fame. Well, look, I'm going in the Hall of Fame October 27th in Colorado Springs. The city has inducted me into their Hall of Fame. They already retired my number there, but I'll be in the Hall of Fame on October 27th. I'm oh, no sure way. I, I, I should, yeah, yeah, they, they, uh, they, uh, uh are going to do that, so we'll be there, and uh, I have to get my speech ready. I don't know if I'm ready for that, but, you know, I, I appreciate that type of love. I mean, you know, this is the same type of love you're extending to me just to say hello to the fans of Kansas City, and uh, I just want to thank them for, for that, that wonderful wonderful support uh, that they extended to me, uh, even though it was a limited time that I played there. I always felt the love there. It was great. Yeah, for sure. Well, they unfortunately, so they DFA you May 23rd. I mean, was that any memories of why or what they told you and, you know, anything about that stick out? Oh, they designated me, um, uh, uh, I just know the manager was amazing. Um, you know, uh, when he, <laughs> when he told me, you know, you're going to be designated, um, um, he's an amazing guy. I mean, you know, uh, they, they, uh, some people have a knack for letting you down easy. I, uh, I, I was, I, I've been through it before and, and I, I don't need to know why someone's doing what they do. I just think that they do what they think is best for the team. There's no need to negotiate that. I don't think there's a manager or a general manager that loses on purpose. They always do what they believe is best for the team. You don't agree with it as a player. And, and that's why talent will travel. I, I, um, uh, I think, you know, I only talked myself out of one demotion one time. I was with Tommy Lasorda in uh, Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, he said he was going to send me down. And in 1998, I told him, you, you shouldn't do it because I'm in 380. And uh, <laughs> and he didn't send me down because uh, a few things happened. But I think I might be the only guy in history that never talked himself out of a demotion. At Kansas City at this time, I didn't think that was possible, you know. Um, and... Uh, you know, I just thanked them, shook their hands for the opportunity, and uh, and moved on. So, hmm. well, so 2001, you finish off at Iowa. Then 2002, another pretty good year for you. 89 games with the Padres at the big league level. Your favorite times of uh, San Diego? Well, you know, um, that, that was a great place to play. Uh, you know, um, San Diego. You know, you can fall in love. You fall in love with with the the uh, the culture down there. You know, it was great. I was doing really, really well until I, I made a catch out there, and, and I think I broke my hand, but the trainers had a good way of taping your fingers together and, and letting you keep going. So, so you know, it's tough, it's tough to hit with ten fingers. You know, it's really tough to hit with nine. So, so but I had to hit with nine because Ryan Gant was hurt and Ray Langford was, but he was also hurt. So, no doubt, I just wanted to play. You know, and, and I wasn't getting much playing time, and, and I thought it was a good opportunity just to get in there. I might be able to squeeze out a hit with nine fingers. And, <laughs> um, well, that, that didn't work out too good because I went from 280 to 210 or something like that. Yikes. <laughs> you know, but, but, but it was great. It was, just, it was just fun to be out there on the West Coast, and I think I played for every team in the National League West except the Diamondbacks. You know, so I made my rounds out there, um, but... You know, can't complain about playing in the major leagues. I loved every second of that. You know, I just probably should have preserved, uh, should have respected the game a little bit more. I think I disrespected the game by trying to play uh, injured. 
it's one thing to play hurt, but it's tough to play injured. So, uh, uh, but, but my heart wouldn't let me sit in the in the dugout and, and not try to help the team. So that's what I tried to do. And uh, um, I, lo- I love that Bruce Bochy was amazing to play for. Um, it's easy to see why people love him, and he's a he's a fantastic manager. You know that he has like a size eight and a eight and one eighth head fitted hat. Did you know that it's like they have to specially make his hats because his head is so big. I don't know why I know well, that. Were you, were you that smart? When, yeah, that's a pretty random yeah. bit of knowledge. That's pretty good, you know. But you know, most guys with, with large craniums like that are pretty smart, right? I mean, I get I get accused of being pretty smart. Hey, no back, no jokes on that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, so 2003, I mean, we're talking well-traveled that next year. You start with the Cubs, then they, you know, one of the last cuts of spring training, you go to the Mexican League for like 10 days or something like that, and then the Cubs bring you back to both Iowa and Chicago. So kind of talk about both the Mexican League and what it was like playing at Wrigley. Well, yeah, you know, uh, remember I'm from Chicago, so to play for my, my childhood Team, the team that I love was absolutely, you know, a, a dream for me, a dream come true. Um, yeah, you know, by way of Oaxaca, right? Oaxaca, Mexico. You know, <laughs> you know, I went to the I went to the Cubs minor league camp there, uh, and then they moved me over to major league camp at spring training, and I almost made the team because I had such a wonderful spring. I was one of the last cuts, but. Uh, you know, I think I, I would have been one of the few guys to ever make the major league team coming from minor league camp. I had a really, really good spring there. So um, I started out in Iowa, but my contract was purchased by the Oaxaca uh, team in Mexico. That's actually where Vinny Castillo is from. Oh. And I was talking to Vinny before I talked to before I decided to go there. I talked to Vinny. Vinny said it's like paradise. You know, it's it's tropical. I said very nice. I like tropical. So <laughs> we we uh, agreed to go to Oaxaca. And I saw no palm tree inside. It was really dusty, and there was nothing tropical about it. <laughs> so I, I called, <laughs> you know, you know, it, 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 you probably have to go thirty thousand feet in the air to see a, a glimpse of water anywhere, right? <laughs> no water in sight, and uh, so so I had to get out of there, you know, because I think I got bamboozled. I think they 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 tricked me. <laughs> but uh, no, I was going to play there. But it sounds like the, the, the big league team needed some some help there, so I came back and uh, was back in the big leagues. I mean, I went right to the major leagues, and then play, playing in Wrigley Field uh, was you know I played there before, but playing for the Cubs it was just wonderful. And uh, uh, I think, like you said, it goes full circle. And uh, I think my my uh, my time uh, as a major league player. I knew it was drawing to getting close to the end, but at that time I was satisfied with being a Chicago Cubs player, and uh, the rest was gravy after that. I mean, it was like if I get more big league time, there's a cherry on top because I've already played for uh, the team that I love so dearly. Yeah, wow, that's cool. And, I mean, by the way, do you think Vinny was, like, working for that team or something? That's pretty funny. <laughs> they, had a, they had him on the payroll to talk him into getting you to go down. <laughs> I think so, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I did let him have it because, you know, after I stopped playing in 2006, I became a coordinator with the Rockies. So Vinny is over there, too, as a, as a special assistant. So he and I got together all the time. I, I told him I'll never let you down about that tropical quote about Oaxaca. There's nothing tropical about, you know, uh, Oaxaca. They don't even sell bananas over there. I mean, there's nothing yeah. tropical. It's too far from, yeah. too far from the water, man, I'm playing. <laughs> 
You, you, you know it's a bad sign when Omaha is more tropical, right? <laughs> than that that's one. right. You know, that's, that's right. So by 2004, so you're 40 years old, man, by 2004, but you played that last season in Iowa, uh, and then 2005, you're 41, and actually that'd be your last season between Round Rock and Iowa. So, I mean, I'm assuming you just left it all on the field, no regrets, and you knew it was time at the end of 2005? Well, 2004 was Iowa. I'm trying to remember what my stats was. I think, you know, um, I was still playing at a high level, right? Um, maybe you can tell me what that was in, in the last two years. I can't recall. Um, but but uh, 2005, I, I still think I put up decent numbers. So to feel like I was fading, I didn't feel like that at all. I think if I was given some opportunity to play, I put up, I'll put up some good numbers. And I think the last two seasons in, in Iowa proved that. Um, um, but, you know, I felt it being more, it felt like it was more difficult to get back to the major leagues. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, what I said to myself was, I, I, I think I need to pivot somewhere else. I think uh, if I, I, I would love to coach in the major leagues, you know, and I said, whatever I do uh, this next year is going to have to help me five years down the line to, to accomplish that goal. Uh, maybe I can to use some of my experience to help players. Um, and that's what I did. I, I went from 2006, um, filling some things out to being hired by the Rockies that, that, that fall. So, by the way, coordinator. So, you're right. You were you hit 330 at the age of 40 with 9 and 49. I didn't even see that before. That's impressive. <laughs> Any stolen bases? Uh, stolen bases 2004. That's not right, is it? Thirty six? That can't be right. Thirty six? Yeah, that's right. Is that do you still thirty six bases at the age of forty? Yeah. Wow, that's the second let's see, one that's the third most you ever had in the minor leagues, too. Wow. <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah. Well, you know, I I'll tell you, I, I didn't stop playing because I couldn't play. I felt really good. I mean, you know, and uh I think I might have made the all-star team that year. I'm not sure, but I think I was the oldest guy in, in Scranton or something like that. I don't know where it was. It might have been <laughs> Rhode Island. Yeah, it was Rhode, I think it was Rhode Island. Pawtucket? Was like, yeah, it was, it was Pawtucket. I think it was. Man. You know, so uh, something like that. It might have been. And then the next year, I think I did okay as well with the uh, with the uh, Cubs, so with Iowa. Yeah, this so, is – this well, I was gonna say sorry. This this is a cool stat, man. That you and Jim Rivera are the only two players in Major League Baseball history to play every year from age thirty to thirty nine. You didn't play in the major leagues in your twenties. You didn't play in the big leagues in your forties. But you played every single season thirty to thirty nine at the big league level. I mean, how did you do that? Hey, game face. I put it on. I'm <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Dropping it. I love it. Drop it. I kept my game face on. No, I was determined. I I, I think you know. It was just a culmination of not just wanting it, but working for it. And uh, I, I just, I never stopped working. And and I think that never stop working shows on your shows on on the field. It shows on the field. And uh, to still thirty nine bases at forty years old, you know, or thirty six bases, whatever it was, you know, um, it, it it really shows that that I was still committed to playing at a high level. That's all. Now here's another uh, random cool fact about you. You never wore the same jersey number twice at any of your big league stops. Can you I mean can you remember all your jersey numbers in the big leagues? <laughs> if you had to? I can try. I uh, can try. I mean I've only, I, I, I only know the one. Let, let's do a trivia question. What was your Royals number? Oh my god. Was that um god. 
got it. I got 28. Yeah. How do you know that? I remember. I remember. I remember. But I got. I got to see the jersey in my mind's eye. I, I, I don't. I don't see the number. I see the jersey. Wow, that's cool. How did you yeah. choose those? Did they just give you numbers? Or most of the time, you never got to choose them. I'm assuming. Well, I got to choose my Rockies number. They gave me one, but then I chose seven because of my brothers and sisters. I was the seventh of the, the, the seven kids. So I said, can I have seven? So seven was my number there. And then from there, I went to the Giants. I think I was 14 in San Francisco or 12. I, now, you're testing me right now. but um, Hang on. I, I'm, I'm I pulling it up. It. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got to pull it up here I and see if you're right. I want to see how impressive this is. Okay, so let's see. Wait a minute. We got it. Okay, what'd you? Okay, starting with the Rockies, what were you? I was one and seven. Yep. And then the Giants, 14. Yep. Cleveland. And from the Giants... Giants, I went to Cleveland, number 32. 30, it says here. Maybe unless it's wrong. That's wrong. I was 32 because I was mad. Because uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, that's a long story. <laughs> but uh, from there, I went to uh, the Dodgers. Yep. Right? 47. Yep. yep, you got that right. Yep, then Atlanta. In Atlanta. Oh, man. Oh, Atlanta. God, uh... I can't remember my Braves jersey. 27, it says here? Yeah, that's right. 27. And from Atlanta. Baltimore. Uh, Kansas City. Oh, Baltimore. God. Who remembers that? Baltimore. <laughs> Only me and about five people know this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. 17. I don't know. 23, it says? 23. Okay. Okay. And obviously, from Baltimore to... KC, yeah. KC 28, and then from KC to Chicago. San Diego. Yeah, San Diego, then Chicago. Right. San Diego was um, 12. Yep. Yep. And back to well, Chicago after that, right? 2001? Yep. 2003? Yep. yep. I don't know. <laughs> 45, it says. That was it, 45. And that's it, I guess, right? Anything, that's it, 45. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Man, you're you're gonna have a lot to remember when you get to be an old man. All these stops and all these, you know, keep trying to keep track of what order you went in. That's got to be rough, right? Well, the the hardest part about that is lottery numbers. I mean, how how do you pick the lottery numbers <laughs> out of all those damn uniforms? You you pick the Powerball at twenty eight because that's your Royals number. That's the lucky one. So twenty eight's always got to be the Powerball. All right. <laughs> well, well. La- last question for you, man, and it's been a blast. I appreciate all your time. The last question I have for you, is, you know, is what would you like to say to uh, to all the Royals fans listening right now? Well, I, I want, again, I said it earlier, and I mean it. Uh, what a beautiful place to play! It's, I think the fans there are amazing. You, you have a lot to be proud of. Uh, the team that you guys have right now, um, they they are serious about not just winning, but really, really, really want to to make their fans. Uh, happy, and uh, you can see it. You can see it. I mean, um, that that 12 men out there is, is is really really what's catapulting that team to to such enormous heights. And um, I felt that when I was there. And and, and uh, they have a legacy of 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 of, of uh, powerful following. And uh, I'm just proud to have played there, and and really have had a chance to experience uh, what George Brett was so excited about. Um, it was great. And uh, I wish you all the best of luck out there and uh, and go Royals. Have you been back here, by the way? Or when was the last time you were here? Oh, the last time I was there, um, it, it was probably.
probably when I played, uh, you know, um, and, and I don't get out there. I'm in Texas right now, so it's hard to, for me to get up that way, but I'm sure I'll get out there because there's a lot of things out there. I want to go see the uh, the, the uh, museum out there. The, uh, Negro the Leagues. Negro yep. League Museum. Yeah, I want to see that as well. You know, I belong to the Buck O'Neill Coaches Association, so I really want to see what, what the, the wonderful noise is about. And, uh, hey, maybe come come to a, a, see a game in my favorite ballpark. Yeah, we'd love to have you back up here, man. Definitely, definitely stay in touch, and uh, you know, hope to see you up here, and meet you one of these days, and shake your hand, and thank you in person for you know your career and all that you gave to the great game of baseball and the Royals. So, I mean, thanks so much, and also, you know, best of luck to you with your new venture, and keep us up to date with that. Absolutely, thank you so very much. All right, you guys, uh, take care, and uh, I'll be looking for the Royals uh, in the in the uh, World Series. Let's hope, man. God bless. Take care. Okay. Bye bye.